This is Happy Hour with Em and Jazz. Today, both Emma and I want to share our stories and experiences surrounding mental health from a student's perspective. Before we get started, we would just like to state that this episode contains subjects that may be sensitive to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In my mind, one of the most important things is balance, and that's something we want to talk about. We're going to explore some of the ways that the university lifestyle can impact students and what kind of resources are available in order to make your environment more approachable. Whether it's in regards to taking breaks, navigating deadlines, beating procrastination, or any other obstacle university students may face. It is so crucial to prioritize your health. So grab a drink, because we'll be here for a while. So, I feel like today's topic is really important to talk about and essential when you're a university student or a student of any kind, really. And it may not be as fun to talk about, but I definitely think that we have the responsibility with this outlet we're being given to share our thoughts and our advice around this topic. Yeah, so basically mental health at university, at school, anywhere is a really big thing that I think people don't really take care of enough or mention enough. And I think learning how to adjust your learning style and how to cater to yourself to ensure that you're producing the best work while still being able to handle it is super important. Yeah, so I guess if we were to start in a school regard, how do universities cater to their students and and their mental health? And I guess we can talk about kind of our situation at MRU or if we've attended like a a high school that was different or anything like that. What do you think, Emma? I know a lot of universities usually have some sort of mental health resource, like a therapist or a, a nurse or something like that where students can go reach out to. And honestly, super big thing. I think that it's really underrated and underused as well. Absolutely. I think that Sometimes you do get those emails from your profs and at the end of every email it says, worry about your mental health. And then it's like a link to the resource, but I feel like it's not talked about enough. I'm sure that since it's 2021 and we talk about everything, it's being talked about more than it was in the 19th century. But I really don't think there is, there can never be too much surrounding that. No, I completely agree with you. I think that as well, when professors do send those emails out. I think a lot of students are kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny. You know, like you're the person. I think a lot of things is, or I think a lot of what students do, if, you know, I don't know if you've had a similar experience is a lot of students joke about their mental health and make it a joke. And I know that I've definitely been in classes where I make it a joke, but it is serious and you should reach out to those resources. And another thing is too, a lot of universities, I I'm not sure if MRU has one, but a lot of universities do have clubs, like mental health clubs and stuff like that. That would be great to join for students. I'm sure that joining any kind of club, really, like having an environment where you feel safe, whether it's a cards club, a chess club, 
a sports club, a dance club, like somewhere that gives you a community where you have something in common with other people and you can go there to not talk about school and maybe not even talk about your mental health, but you'll be doing something for it almost subconsciously. Yeah, that's totally one of those healthy habits that you develop or you should develop at least. I know that a lot of people think about unhealthy habits versus healthy habits and what actually benefits you, but drinking every single night in a whole week, you know, it's not going to benefit your mental health as well as it's not going to make you feel good. And it's just going to really, you know, it'll bring you down. And so it's really important to reach out to people and, and do things that aren't related to school, but are pretty healthy habits. Absolutely. And when you talk about like good habits and bad habits, that it really varies per person because maybe having a drink every night is a good habit for me, but maybe for someone else it isn't. Or like, I'm not saying you should drink every day, but you know, like people react to different things. And I think like, even when you joke or when you said like about joking about your mental health, I'm definitely someone who copes with humor. Like, absolutely. You know me, anyone who knows me, knows that that's my first resource to break the ice is my first resort, I guess I should say, would be to joke about my insecurities or my problems. And I guess it makes me feel like, oh, haha, it's fine. Like other people are going through it too. But for me, that would be one of my bad habits. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that it's one of those things that joking about mental health can be funny. I am not going to lie. Some TikToks really kill me. Uh, about the jokes they make and it's just our I think our whole generation talks about it more but it's also a lot more of a joke in a way if that makes sense a lot of people kind of just joke around it and stuff but it is a serious thing and people do need to kind of be aware that it is okay to reach out and you know just because you feel the need to joke about it doesn't mean that you know your problems are lesser than anybody else's Absolutely. Like, I think there's definitely a balance there. And I guess if in regards to giving advice to students who maybe want to seek out help or who are kind of looking into this, I guess I'd like to like say on my behalf, first year uni, I like didn't see a therapist. I didn't seek out any help at school. Like I was okay in my mind. But when I came home due to COVID and to home to Edmonton and started living back at my parents' house, I really started to realize all these problems and kind of like things that I couldn't talk about. And I didn't want to like, I don't want to use the word burden because really those people in your your environment, you are never burdening them by talking to them if they are like truly there for you. But it can be hard to be on the receiving side. So for me, it was like, I don't want to tell my parents this. And I don't want to tell, like, I don't want to add on to people's stress. Like that was the reality of my situation. So I kind of reached out and I asked my mom if I could started seeing someone. And a year later, like, I'm still like, I'm not going every week now, but now I go every couple weeks. And it has really helped me to like go set aside an hour a week or an hour every couple weeks and a see a therapist. And whether you talk about school, boys, I don't know, your family, like anything. It's so nice to have someone who's like a third party who is completely removed from your situation. Therapists also, one of the things I think people get discouraged by therapists is they find 
that they don't like a therapist. And so that creates a negative experience. But sometimes you do have to go through a few therapists to find one that suits you. Not everyone has the same personality as you. Not everyone has the same style of teaching that you like to learn from. So it's really important that you do keep looking and reaching out. And I think one of the biggest thing is for students who are seeking it is reaching out, reaching out to your friends and reaching out to your family and reaching out to professional resources. Um, I guess you could, you know, uh, search Google and stuff too. And there's a lot of resources there that you can use as well. Absolutely. And I think that maybe in regards to if you're at school, say, and you, you don't know where to start, I would go like either see your academic advisor and see where they, even though it's not an academic kind of situation, they are there to kind of guide you in the right direction, whether whatever it's about, and they could kind of point you in the right way, or even just like Googling, like your school's wellness programs or like certain things like that. Like most, I don't think, I honestly don't think there's a school out there in today's day and age that wouldn't have a resource. No, I completely agree with you. And I think also on the topic of making themselves like approachable a lot, I think one of the biggest things is if you're going into a therapy session or if you're going in to talk about your mental health with someone, they are absolutely not allowed to disclose that information to anyone unless they, uh, I think there is the circumstance of when you're underage, if you're going to hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. Yeah, there's that. It's like you're going to hurt, if you're a harm to yourself or someone else, then like there are, there's a contract, but like it is, it's hard to break. Exactly. So it's one of those things, patient confidentiality is treated very seriously. And I think that's one of the biggest things to know is that nobody else is going to hear this but your therapist and you. So if you feel really uncomfortable about the fact that it's a stranger hearing it, in a way, it's almost better because it's like, they're, yeah, like Jasmine said, they're completely unbiased. They're a third party. You don't have to see them outside of that time. And they will not say a word to anybody else. Absolutely. Like, and it, it can be hard to, I guess, look at yourself and be like, okay, like I need help. Or maybe it's like, maybe there is no need. Like maybe you just want to go and be able to talk to someone. Like there really has to be no emergency. Like, I think that that's like a really big stigma around like going to therapy is like, oh, like you have a problem or, oh, you're weak or you can't deal with your own issues and like all this shit. But I really do think that it is so beneficial to anyone to like see someone and talk to them. And regardless if it's like any kind of therapist, like they, they really, they do vary. Like there's different branches of therapy. Yeah. They're very specialized. Yeah. I know what you're trying to say, (laughs) but yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I think one of my, if I were to go back to myself in first year and give myself advice it would be go see a therapist. Like first year me really needed to see a therapist regardless of if I had problems or not, you know? But I think one of the biggest things to remember is it is important to reach out. And I didn't think about reaching out. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, go see a therapist. It's great. It feels great to vent. It feels great to talk to someone about that stuff. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's like a you have to know yourself in terms of like where your comfort and your stress lies. Like, I think that, for example, I was forced to go to therapy when I was actually probably seven because my dad was sick and they forced me to go every week to therapy. 
And my therapist was probably a seven-year-old lady who made me build sand castles. And obviously, I wasn't relating to it. So that, for 10 years, more than 10 years, created this kind of like, ugh, I don't want to go to therapy kind of thing for me. But once I, myself, was like, Jasmine, I think we should do this. And it was my decision, and I wasn't being forced to go. It was good. And I think there's a really big difference there. And I think it's like, it's a precautionary measure, like I feel like is a way of putting it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think the important thing there is to some people don't know when to say that they need help. So how would you, what advice would you give for someone who's looking or not sure when the time is that they should be seeking help or how they should seek help? I would say like one of the biggest things is like being overwhelmed. Like for me, I love pressure. Like I work under pressure. But once I hit this like pivot point, it all like can go downhill so quickly. And in university, getting overwhelmed and having put pressures or pressures put on you is literally like something that happens probably every week. And like student burnout is a thing. Like you will get exhausted. You will skip your classes in order to sleep. Like, and there's no Cheers. harm in it. <laughs> but like, I would say that the second you feel like there's too much on your plate and you don't know how to handle it, that's one big key factor, like identificator. Is that a word? Identificator? Is that a word? Identification? Someone Google check me. um, Identifier. (laughs) What is the word? Identifier. Identifier? Okay, that's one of the key identifiers for me. (laughs) It took us a while to get there, but we did. We we got there. No, I completely agree with you. Crying is normal in university, but crying every single day is not normal. And generally, if you are feeling extremely stressed or overwhelmed, you're feeling like you have so much to do, but you can't do it because of this, this or this, or you just feel like you're going to snap, you know, all those things aren't, it's normal to feel pressure or stress in university and for maybe short time periods. But if you're feeling that for a super long time, even if you are feeling it for short time periods, you should reach out. I think like, also, it has a like what has a big impact is the external factors. Like consider yourself and school the main priority, but then look outside of that. There's friends, there's family, there's extracurriculars, there's your own personal me time. Like there are all these things that you need to put time into and you're almost like reaping a reward from that. Like I'd say like for me, like I put a lot of time into my my friends and my relationships and my friendships because it kind of gives back to me. Like I, I thrive off like people interaction. You know what I mean? And that's like for me. But for you, maybe being alone is what makes you feel happy. And I think it's hard to say go see a therapist when you feel this because it's going to be different like for every person. But like we talked about like when there's certain – circumstances or situations where you're feeling an imbalance, then that's when you should seek help. 
And even seeking help doesn't necessarily mean a therapist. Like, honestly, find a way to vent your frustration. If you need to do it alone, maybe go. And I know that they do those rooms where you can, like, smash a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know if that's a great idea. But, like, you know, one of those things. If you need to do something alone, go do it alone. But give yourself time to do it is the biggest thing. Make time for you time. Make time for friend time. Always have it in there somewhere. Don't just wrap yourself up in work. I think another, I guess on the topic of like friend time and family time and all that, I think one of the big things is how to kind of approach if you're in a situation where like a friend or a family member is struggling and you can tell, but maybe they can't. What do you think? I think one of the things is just gently approaching them, seeing what, asking if you can do anything in the first place being like, if you need to talk about anything, I am here for you. If honestly, I think the biggest thing is just making sure your friend knows and kind of, you know, just doing nice things for them. Small things is really important. And if they do need a shoulder to cry on, or if they need someone to listen, be there for them. Absolutely. I was going to say something. Oh yeah. I guess like same with like your professors, like, I know it can be hard and I know it varies on which schools like, but for me, like reaching out to certain professors and just being honest, like they will be lenient. If you're like absolutely losing your mind, like maybe an extra 12 hours to your deadline is what makes or breaks you. And I think like vocalizing your problems, like we are adults now, like we are in university and you kind of have to like grab your own life by the balls like to be frank like you have to kind of take it into perspective and be like this is going to have an impact on like my future or my present and reaching out to like whether it's a therapist or a friend or whatever your professors is one of the biggest things I'd say is like cultivating a relationship with them that allows you to I don't know, help your... Communicate, like communicate and lean on someone when you need to. And I totally get that. Honestly, I, I know what you mean when saying, telling your professors and just being honest to them. I think in high school, I remember thinking that profs were going to be pretty scary people and that we were going to get all these like scary homework assignments and I was not going to have any relationship with my professors. I think that's what I went in thinking. They are some of the most nice and understanding people. They have been, a lot of them at least, a lot of them have been through it all. They totally get it. And so they're there to help you. And so sometimes just emailing your prof being like, I had an awful week this week. I'm so sorry. Is there any chance we can extend the deadline till tomorrow night? They're more than usually willing to give you a chance if you don't, if you kind of message them within a certain time frame. And usually they have that in their syllabus is like, if you need to reach out and get an extension or this or this, please let me know before the due date. And then you should be able to figure it out. And like, you will come across profs that are like, absolutely not. But I think <laughs> that's like a, a slim 10%. Like, honestly, like, you know what I mean? Those, yeah, those are the ones that definitely make me cry. You oh, know? absolutely. <laughs> Emma and I, I think if you've been listening for a little you're bound to know that me and Emma like to cry a little bit and that there's no harm in it. Like I embrace it. It's great. 
But like we said, maybe not every day is a, maybe that's a signal. <laughs> I, you know, that's so funny. I was having a conversation with my work supervisor about how I cry a lot today. <laughs> I was literally having a conversation with her about how I cry at everything. If I'm happy, if I'm angry, I do the angry tears. If I'm sad, I can't hold it in. If I'm frustrated, I cry so much. And that's okay. It's fine. Quite the crier. But my profs have seen me cry. And that's another thing. You will cry over an assignment, probably. Like, it, it's... Yeah, if you don't, I am on my knees praising you right now. Like, how? But yeah, usually at least once you get frustrated or upset or cry over an assignment and just know it is normal. It is completely normal. I think, like... That's also, like, when you take the time and you take a break. Like, you walk away for, like, I'm not saying walk away from your whole assignment and say, I'm not going to do it because you'll get a fat zero or you'll waste time. But it is so important when considering mental health, taking breaks and, like, will literally have such a big impact on your procrastination habits. Like, I think, like, fitness, working out and food, like, those, like, like, all that kind of mesh together into a whole other aspect of mental health. And I think we're seeing that a lot more, like the emphasis on getting up for a walk even or going to the gym or going for a bike ride or, you know, like interacting with yourself in like a different way that's like not sitting at your desk for 12 hours a day, which is like yeah. no exaggeration. Like as a university student, you are absolutely like up till or up at seven and you're not in bed till like one and you're doing school the whole day like pretty much that's how my body clock works when I'm at school you know what I mean and I just think that it can be hard to set aside those moments to like say I'm gonna get up and go to the gym or I'm gonna get up and like do this but it is so rewarding in the end uh, yeah and I think I know another thing I would say too I know you're a big planner set time in your schedule make make a schedule try and figure out all your due dates highlight them put them into your schedule i am not that person but i will be trying to become that person this year because i it just i remember jasmine would be like have you started on this and i'd be like what are you talking about she'd be like this assignment and i'd be like oh i didn't even know we had one so get your assignments in the calendar and try and figure it out beforehand there's such a big balance. And I think another thing, which like I have personally really struggled with is kind of guilt in regards to prioritizing oh, yeah. like what my priorities are. Like I'd say like when I don't work out in a day, like I've been obviously trying to work on this and this is one of my personal struggles for which I do see a therapist. <laughs> but like we're all honest here. And I think that for me, like that has been one huge thing is if I'm not working out or if I'm like eating out or getting takeout or something like that, I automatically like start to think like, oh, I need to like make up for this or la la la. And like my brain just starts going like a million hours or a million kilometers an hour. Like it yeah. literally like blows my mind. And how much I've come from last year from not even knowing what I was struggling with when I came home from university and then taking this time to, yeah, go through it. Like I went through it this past year. Like Emma's nodding her head because she's seen it all. 
but and not everyone's gonna know you not everyone's gonna be able to have a relation to like oh i understand this or i i can relate to this but most people out there will and i think that like being honest on like i said earlier like we have this podcast and i'm gonna sit here and be honest because if it helps one person you know what i mean so i think that whether you're struggling with that or with anything else like balance is all I keep coming back to. No, I completely agree. And honestly, another thing too, I think that we haven't really touched on is stress in terms of social situations and meeting people and also relationships breaking off and feeling like things are weird. You know, it's, I'm going to tell you this usually at MRU, it's a pretty small university. So it's likely that you're going to see someone again, even if you do not want to see them. But at other universities, it's not likely you're going to see someone again in multiple situations. And honestly, popularity and social standings, it does not fucking matter. Does it doesn't not- exist. It literally does not exist. <laughs> It's like, it's stupid. It's stupid. So it's like, no one gives a shit if you and someone else broke up. Like, maybe it'll be conversation in between, like, two friend groups, and that's about it. Don't stress. Absolutely. Like, I think that if you're going to compare, like, mental health or, I guess, university to any other environment, especially if you're looking at it, like, from high school, there is such a transition. Like, yes, some people are immature. (laughs) Yes, sometimes it's us. You know what I mean? Like, yes, sometimes we do gossip with our friends. Like, I'm not saying that just all automatically goes away. But when you walk through those hallways, there is no clicks. Like, sure, there's a sports team there and there's a club there and whatever. But it's really more of a community. And, like, no one's looking at anyone being like, oh, my God, she's wearing sweatpants and a toque to school. Like, ew. Like, you know what? Like, they're, like Emma said, like, it just for me, like, that was, like, one of the biggest realizations was, like, that's what makes me not miss high school whatsoever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really, I think about it, and I'm, like, honestly, I don't give a shit if this person and I broke off, like, broke it up, or broke it up, broke off, broke off. Broke I'm it really up, stru- broke it up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to rap here. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if me and this one person broke up, because, what's the likelihood that they're ever going to be significant in my life ever again? Honestly, not, it's probably not that likely. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you, you know? And also, yeah, like we have different friend groups in university. I hang out with you guys. I hang out with some other people. I hang out with other people, you know, I have a bunch of different friend groups and we kind of all trans migrate and, and know each other. And yeah. Can we just talk about that word for a second? Trans Trans migrate. (laughs) Give me the definition. Trans migrate when we all kind of move different groups and we're all kind of friends together. Like we'll all hang out together, but we definitely have groups. We'll hang out with more alone together, you know? Absolutely. And like, that's just kind of the fun of it. And like, I have friends who like I met first year and I was like, I'm going to meet these people and they're going to be the best people in my life and they're going to be in my wedding party and I have yet to talk to them one day after orientation. You know what I mean? But then then you look at the complete opposite. Like, I always come back to this. Like, Emma and I, we literally were just another person in each other's classes. And then you start sharing notes and you start doing this and you start doing that and you pair up for an assignment. You see each other in the hallway, see each other in the food court. Little things like that can build relationships. And I think that that's just like, the fun of it and 
you have to have some kind of fun. That's you want to know what's kind of funny? You want to know what's kind of funny? I don't think Charlotte followed me on Instagram for like half a year while I followed her at the beginning of the school year. And look at us now, like we're doing a podcast together and it's one of those things that's just like funny where, you know, we barely know each other at the beginning and you come in scared. I'm not going to lie to you. It is a big stressor going into a place you have no clue what's going on. But it'll be all right. You will meet people. I won't lie to you. I met the first day. I kind of didn't really know anybody. I was really scared. I went home. I was like, I'm not going to have any friends. And then, you know, now I have like a good group of people that I really care about. It's inevitable. Oh, I can never say this word. Hold on. Let me try again. It's inevitable that you're going to be stressed or you're going to be scared. But seek those comfort kind of supports, I would say. Yeah, no, exactly. It's it's the little things. It's it's remembering that there are small things and they can make you happy. Literally, sometimes if I'm if I'm sitting at work and I'm just like, oh, like this is such an awful day, I'll go up and I'll just like make myself a hot chocolate or something, and I'll be like, you know what? Now I feel a lot better. Like, go do something for yourself. <laughs> That's actually nuts that you just said that I'm on. I think it's a good note to end on because my therapist always tells me to focus on the little things. Yep, it's the small things. Oh my god. We just had a little full circle. We're having a bonding moment here. We're gazing in, <laughs> we're gazing into each other's eyes right now. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Happy Hour. I'm Jasmine Krawcheck, and my co-host is Emma Boyne. This episode was produced by Charlotte Holmes. Our show theme is from DJ Dine and Dash. Join us another time for another episode of Happy Hour. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>